As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's a lion! It's a lion! It's a lion! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today it's time to move the needle with Marvel's Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. You're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You're an Avenger. You have a daughter, but you've lost a lot of time, like me. We can help each other with that. Who are you? I'm the man who can give you the one thing you want. What's that? Time. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Written by Jeff Loveness and directed by Peyton Reed, Ant-Man and the Wasp stars Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, a.k.a. Wasp, Michael Douglas as Dr. Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, and features Bill Murray, Katie M. O'Brien, William Jackson Harper, Jamie Andrew Cutler, David Dastmalkian, and Randall Park. For fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have yet another can't-miss movie. And I truly mean that this time. Quantumania moves the needle significantly for the future of the MCU. And for people being dragged to this movie that have no interest in it, you get a confusing mess that's a borderline animated film. That said, I am a fan, so you'll be consuming this review with a heavy grain of salt. Story-wise, as I had just said, this movie just advances the story. We introduce Kang the Conqueror and his plans for the future of the multiverse, and as a comic fan, this really is a fun adventure, introducing a new world full of interesting characters. Now, when it comes to acting, it's just another MCU movie. Paul Rudd continues to have a ton of fun as Scott Lang and brings out a number of laugh-out-loud moments. Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are exactly what you've come to expect from them, but the true star of this movie is without a doubt Jonathan Major's portrayal of Kang the Conqueror. Kang's character is incredibly deep and is just as terrifying or perhaps even more so than the mad titan Thanos. Now where this movie did start to lose me is its sheer amount of CGI. With almost the entire movie taking place within the quantum realm, sets, characters, and battle scenes are almost entirely CGI. And while there are some practical sets, there's way more CGI than actual actors and sets in the film. And the CGI isn't always that good. In fact, there are parts of this movie that just don't mesh well and parts where the CGI is alarmingly bad. Overall, Quantumania is a really fun movie, though. That said, it is a bit off-putting with the sheer amount of both really good and really bad CGI. But for a movie that significantly advances the MCU, it is a necessary evil. In 125 minutes, you get a solid appetizer of where the MCU will be going with Phase 5. And as with all other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, you're either invested or you could care less. Me, I'm invested... I give Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania a B-. 
Well, the polar vortex is over and the weather is looking pretty good, so why shouldn't you look good too? Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's quickly talk about the trailers that played during the Super Bowl. As I had mentioned last week, I did record during the Super Bowl, and a number of trailers were released during the show itself. We got a new trailer for the upcoming Matt Damon film Air, as well as a new trailer for Creed 3, another new teaser for the upcoming Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, a new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as well as Fast X, but the biggest winner of all is the trailer for the upcoming DC film The Flash. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sorry. We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. The Flash finds Barry Allen using his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. The Flash hits theaters on June 16th. Over in the land of Disney, we saw a number of shifting release dates. The Marvels shifted from July 28th to November 10th, and Haunted Mansion swooped in from August 11th to the July 28th release date. Disney also mentioned they may shift the release dates of Echo and Agatha Coven of Chaos, Ironheart, and others, but that hasn't been officially stated yet. Disney also took the opportunity to announce that Zach Galifianakis has signed on to star in the live-action remake of Lilo and Stitch. Hi. Oh, Last summer, it was announced that Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, has also signed on to direct. In other casting news, Eli Roth has announced that Patrick Dempsey has signed on to play the sheriff in his upcoming Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving is based on a fake trailer made for the Robert Rodriguez Quentin Tarantino double feature Grindhouse, which is said to follow a slasher who comes to a small Massachusetts town with the intention of creating a Thanksgiving carving board out of the town's inhabitants. Over at Warner Brothers, it was announced that Akiva Goldsman's company Weed Road are currently working on a sequel to the 2007 adaptation of I Am Legend. The 2007 film starred Will Smith as Robert Neville, and this upcoming sequel will see the return of the character despite the fact that he died in the theatrical cut. At the end of the film, Robert Neville sacrifices himself using a grenade to blow himself up, along with the attacking Darkseeker creatures. The original ending, though, that was released on DVD cuts, found that Neville made peace with the Darkseekers after realizing that he was the monster in the eyes of these creatures. It was also announced at the same time that Michael B. Jordan has joined the cast in an unspecified role. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that Millennium Media is going to take another swing with the Hellboy character. Millennium Media confirmed the project with Deadline and announced Hellboy the Crooked Man, which hopes to be the franchise starter that the last movie wasn't. This Hellboy reboot was set to be directed by Brian Taylor, formerly half of the directing team Neville, Dean, and Taylor, who directed the Crank movie 
movies, as well as Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Hellboy the Crooked Man is being written by creator Mike Mignola himself, alongside frequent collaborator Chris Golden. The new film will see Hellboy and a rookie BPRD agent stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia. There, they discover a small community haunted by witches, led by a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past, the Crooked Man. In the comic, the Crooked Man was an 18th century miser and war profiteer named Jeremiah Whitkins, who was hanged for his crimes yet returned from hell as the region's resident devil. As of now, no cast or release date has been set. Deadline is reporting that M. Night Shyamalan has inked a multi-year first-look directing and producing deal with the Warner Brothers Pictures Group. Shyamalan was previously calling Universal Pictures home for the last eight years, who had released The Visit, Split, Glass, Old, and Knock at the Cabin all under their banner. Under this new agreement with Warner Brothers, Shyamalan and his production company Blinding Edge Pictures will develop original pictures, which he will produce and or direct. Shyamalan's next film is called Trap, a new thriller which will kick off production this year and has already been slated for an August 2nd, 2024 release. Blinding Edge is also developing The Watchers, which will mark the feature directorial debut of Shyamalan's daughter, Ashana Knight Shyamalan, which is also set for to start production this year and a June 7th, 2024 release. Moving to the small screen, it's time to believe as we received a trailer for the upcoming season three of Ted Lasso. Well, if seeing is believing, I believe we've been seen. In the wake of Nate's contentious departure from Richmond FC, the newly dubbed Wonder Kid has gone to work for Rupert at West Ham United. Roy Kent succeeds Nate as Richmond's assistant coach alongside Beard, and Ted continues to deal with the pressure at work as well as his own personal issues back home. When we reunite with Rebecca, she is focused on defeating Rupert, and Keeley is navigating being the boss of her own PR agency. Things seem to be falling apart both on and off the pitch, but Team Lasso is set to give it their best shot anyway. Season 3 of Ted Lasso hits Apple TV. TV Plus on March 15th. Rebel Wilson spilt some tea on her Call Her Daddy podcast, where she stated that her pitch-perfect contract prevented her from losing weight. Wilson played Patricia Fat Amy Hobart in the Pitch Perfect trilogy, a role that had cast her as the fat friend of the singing ensemble. She said, I did wait until Pitch Perfect seemed like it was over. I couldn't lose a massive amount of weight because it was in the contracts for that movie. You can't lose, I think it's not more than 10 pounds or gain more than 10 pounds. You have to kind of stay at that weight. It's in your contract. I was thinking for a while that I'd like to get healthier. I was staring stereotyped in playing that fat, funny friend, which is so hard because I love those roles. I love doing the roles. I love those characters. But then I did want to do more things, but I felt like being the bigger girl, you're just more pigeonholed. Variety has reached out to Universal Pictures for a comment about the contract, but they have yet to respond. And today we end the show on a series of bad news. One of Hollywood's greatest actors, Bruce Willis, who had been diagnosed with aphasia in 2022, has now been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia. In recent years, Willis opted for more minor roles in lesser-known film projects, lightening the mental and physical load while coming to terms with his oncoming symptoms. Willis's family confirmed that he has retired from acting as of March 30th, 2022. Willis's family released a statement last week detailing his latest diagnosis, saying, quote, Since we announced Bruce's diagnosis of aphasia in spring 2022, Bruce's condition has progressed and we now have a more specific diagnosis, frontotemporal dementia, known as FTD. Unfortunately, challenges with communication are just one symptom of the disease Bruce faces. While this painful 
it is a relief to finally have a clear diagnosis. Frontotemporal dementia is an umbrella term for a group of brain disorders that primarily affect the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain. These areas of the brain are generally associated with personality, behavior, and language. In the disease, portions of these lobes shrink, and signs and symptoms vary depending on which part of the brain is affected. It was also announced this past week that Tom Sizemore is in critical condition following a brain aneurysm. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the actor was found collapsed in his L.A. home at 2 a.m. following a medical emergency. He's now under observation at an L.A. hospital with his spokesperson, Charles Lego, telling The Hollywood Reporter, quote, he is currently in critical condition and it's a wait-and-see situation. He also added that there are no future updates at this time. And finally, this past weekend, it was announced that Richard Belzer, an iconic stand-up comedian and one of the quintessential TV cops of the 90s and 2000s, has passed away at the age of 78. Belzer was probably best known as playing Detective John Munch in the iconic Homicide Life on the Street, which was so popular that in a highly unusual move, he was allowed to reprise Munch on various TV shows made by competing networks. He played Detective John Munch on The X-Files, The Wire, and most notably, Law & Order and the spin-off Law & Order SVU. According to reports, Belzer's health had been declining in recent years, with him not having his on-screen credit since playing a thinly veiled version of John Munch on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Even in the end, Belzer never lost his edge, with The Hollywood Reporter stating that his last words were you motherfucker, which is exactly what you would expect John Munch to say. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, you think this is new to me? Do you know how many rebellions I put down? How many worlds I've conquered? How many Avengers I've killed? And you think you can beat me? I am Kang. You, you talk to ants. Ants.